0: Hello, hello. It is Tuesday, January the 24th of 2017. My name is Nolan Kaler.
1: And I'm Nicolee nkwassam You
0: You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, CMU's most subscribed to podcast. As always, you can uh, subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, We did not hear any of the suggestions for what you are listening to Wittenberg Radio on, so I'm assuming most people just have iTunes. (laughs) Um, As always, also, you can uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Wittenberg Radio. Uh, WittenbergRadio dot com is our website. You can go check that out for past episodes, and a link to our Twitter feed is also there. And WittenbergRadio at gmail dot com is the place to send your comments, questions, listener concerns, etc. Mm-hmm.
1: All
0: right, what are we doing today?
1: Well, today is a little celebration. Is it? Because this is our ninetieth episode. Really? Yeah.
0: Has it been that long
1: <laughs> since the the very first? Uh, Birthings of this production.
0: Since the dawn of Wittenberg. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Well, that means we're going to hit 100 this year.
1: That is really exciting.
0: That's crazy. That's,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: That's so amazing. Thank so you let's to all our fans who have been
1: with us. Thank along you. The uh, way. I'd
0: like to thank <laughs> everyone who voted for me <laughs> and my parents who've always believed in me and always supported my dreams. <laughs> Emotional. And I want to thank God. <laughs> Lord God. Oh, man. Sorry, stop me if you've heard that before. Um, so yeah, 100 episodes—that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Oh, I actually have also something else to bring up. Um, it was brought to my attention that uh, some some people do not want to post in the Wittenberg Door, uh, our sister publication, by the way, over by Charlie Peronto's office, um, because of its close proximity to the staff room.
1: Interesting.
0: And someone we understand had an interesting, uh, like a confrontation with a staff member who wanted to engage what they wanted to post on the Wittenberg door, and they didn't feel very comfortable with that. So, and uh, this came up in a student council meeting recently, and I, and I was, it was like, they wanted to put it in a location more central to students. So I said, first of all, it's in a location called the Student Center. <laughs> so I don't know Not if you can do much better than that. I don't know if you can do better than that. However, uh, totally a valid reason to not post something on the Woodenburg door uh, so why don't we say if you have something that you want if you, that you don't want to post on the Wittenberg door yourself but that you want up there anyway do send it to our email address at gmail.com
1: and we will uh,
0: message us on Facebook
1: and stick it up there
0: yes we will yeah there please do please do that so Let's uh, let's get something started uh, with a with a song here, shall we? Later on in the show, we'll be chatting with Ashley Press, a journalist for the Winnipeg Free Press and journalism instructor here at CMU. She'll be telling us all about how to spot fake news in our social media feeds. But first, let's get to a little bit of music. And Nicolene, I know you're really excited about this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am super excited. Uh, This week, we're going to be playing a song by Rosebud. Uh, We promoted their uh, concert that was at the Goodwill last uh, Thursday, uh, which we were both at. I can say it was quite fantastic. Um, And we're going to play one of their songs this week. So this song is uh, called Over. Uh, and it's from their uh, debut EP or album called Night. Uh, yeah. And this, yeah, again, is Rosebud, which is uh, made up of Zach Rempel and uh, uh, Nate D- D- Avila.
0: Avila, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good combination of vocals, guitar, cello, drums, all sorts of wonderful things. So here is over.
2: You get worn out from it, elbows on your knees, hands up in your face from it. You're a sinking stone, yeah, you're getting older. Flat on your back looking up, how you know it's over. Cause you see only in face. All the time And I I'm a swing and a miss again Never mind So if you tie your hair up I lie face down on the sidewalk Shots and mistakes there's not even a spark you're kind of faded out but but it's been a while and it's still the same is a one in a million or a million mistakes and i think back on the time when you had too much was i had a line? for heaven's sake again someone say anything I am a swing and a miss again Never mind
1: There you have it, over by Rosebud.
0: Wonderful job there from uh, Zach Rimple and, uh, and Nate D'Avila. D'Avila, sorry, Nate. Uh, if you listen to this show, um, yeah, really great stuff from Rosebud, and uh, we're actually working to get them into here live in studio in the next little while. So maybe maybe they'll join us for our hundredth episode. Who oh knows?
1: my, that would be so exciting.
0: Who knows? Yeah. So let's uh, yeah let's jump into our conversation for today. So see if you can spot the fake news headline. Pope Francis shocks world endorses Donald Trump for president releases statements. Trump inauguration had 7 million less viewers than Obama. Obama signs executive order banning the pledge of allegiance in schools nationwide. Did you spot the one that was real in this group of headlines? Nicolene? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Psych. They're all fake news headlines.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Well, these are other headlines and uh, other news stories. Uh, played a major part uh, in the election in the U.S. recently. The goal, as you might have guessed, was to uh, help sway voters, and experts uh, tell us exactly who benefited from fake news headlines in 2016, as now evidenced by the events of the last uh, week or so. Um, Now now that he's coming into the White House, it's becoming clear that the Trump administration is going to continue waging a misinformation war. But how do we determine what is fake news with And I can't believe I'm saying this term alternative facts floating around (laughs) here to help us sort out the fact from the fiction, which is the real antonym for facts, not alternative fact um, is journalist. Ashley Prest. She writes for the Winnipeg Free Press, and she is the instructor of the journalism class here at CMU this semester. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Well,
3: thanks very much for having me.
0: Of course. Now, um, I have a question. Did you watch uh, these first couple of press conferences from uh, the Trump administration this week?
3: Because of the cringe factor, I I did watch. (laughs) and I'm one of those people who can't look away, so I watched quite a bit of it. And I've been in situations where I've been in press conferences before where it does get a little bit heated, but What I found in those press conferences was that the the level of disrespect that was there and lack of professionalism, I think that was what was really halting for a lot of us who have been in the journalism business for a long time because generally when you go to press conferences there is basically the the background there that we're all trying to do the same thing here. We're trying to get information out to people and some of those press conferences became a real battle, in some cases a personal battle. I did hear that um, there are t-shirts circulating in the, in the states right now that are, that say uh, fake news is lies, so. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's you watching as like a media professional. Like how are we as the average citizen supposed to watch uh, Spicer and company uh, uh, deliver their briefings and say okay that's fact and that's, and that's
3: fiction. I think what I would advise students to do and what we've been talking in class about is you need to look at the source and that's the main thing is when you are trying to consume news you have to look at the source. And I know it really muddies the picture quite a bit when it's the uh, um, you know the the president of the United States and his media representative who's circulating (coughs) pardon me who's circulating some of these facts that makes some of these things as facts and it turns out that they aren't true. So I would encourage students to look through uh, what we call mainstream media, and that source is such like, you know, the, well, the Winnipeg Free Press is a good one. Mainstream media, such as CNN, um, Washington Post, um, n- newspapers of, of, you know, some repute. In, in town here, we've got the CBC is a very good source. We've got uh, CTV, Global, um, the Winnipeg Sun. We've got, you know, a, a, a CGOB Radio. We've got a lot of mainstream media here that, that are accountable for what they do. And that's the main thing, because if you're looking at something and it's a blogger or it's a... Uh, a a website that's just been started to circulate information a lot of times those places if they're not mainstream media they're not accountable for what they do there's no one to sue you can't find them and so with Winnipeg Free Press and uh, mainstream media they're accountable for what they do we have to stand behind what we do we have to prove our facts and that's one of the things that I think is, is missing when you look at some of these places where young people are getting news you know if just on Twitter or something like that
0: so like, but then at the same time, there are people who say, "Oh, but the Washington Post is fake news," and you can like. Then there's like there was that story in the campaign as well that was just like, "Oh yeah, the Washington Post is out to get me, and CNN's out to get me," and like, and we saw that in the first press conference. You are fake news. Trump literally pointed a finger at a CNN reporter and said, "You are fake news." So, um, if we're trying to parse, so taking like media outlet out of the equation for a second, what should we? Be, what sort of characteristics should we be looking for in the nuts and bolts reporting? perhaps, to determine that a story is not made up.
3: Well, and the the term fake news, the way he used it is is, um, distressing because he's using it in the wrong context. Fake news means that it's news that's not true, that's been made up. It's not just news that he doesn't like Mm -hmm. or that someone doesn't agree with or that that someone feels paints them in a bad light. That's not fake news. That's maybe bad publicity or unfortunate publicity, but it's not fake. Fake is something that actually didn't happen. And so what I would encourage someone to do is you consider the source of where you're getting it from, and then you can compare a few sources. So if you read something in, let's say, the Washington Post and you think, wow, I'm not really sure if if that sits right with me, I wonder if that's actually the case. Check a couple of other uh, sources. I would suggest look at a few other mainstream media sources and see how it's being reported. See who's reporting it. Sometimes there's uh, journalists that you can find that are a, a, of great repute that you can trust what they say. And if you consume news in such a way that you get used to this and start reading some of them or um, listening to some of the same broadcasters, you you can trust them. You know, like on, on television, um, Peter Mansbridge. You know, when he reads something on the news at night, people can believe that because he is a a, a, a qualified. He is a um, well-known he is a professional journalist and someone in his studio has researched these facts so I would just encourage people to don't just choose one place to look for your news look at a, a number of different mainstream sites to get your information
0: mm-hmm. it,
3: that but th- that at the same time takes
0: a lot of work to go and try and source out <laughs> to try and source out okay well CNN said this but I'm gonna go check the CBC and then I'm gonna go check uh, I don't know Fox News to get a well-rounded I don't know something like that um, <laughs> it takes so it, it takes a lot of work is there an easy sort of like if you're looking at articles there's I guess is there a sort of like a quick little litmus test uh, to see what is because like some fake news articles are quite convincing and like they look real they may not be from a source you've heard
3: before but they look real and that's the scary part because some of them do look real we had a story in the free press actually um a few weeks back where we we had we picked it up for the united states but it was basically two young men and that's what their job was they sat in their apartment and they created a website and they just made up stories all day and posted them on their website and they were millionaires already because they had so many followers and they they posted this news in such a way that it sounded real and it sounded convincing and it, it was jaw dropping really to see, but it was it was a lot of um, news that was very inflammatory. So so I think um, s- students, young people, even even anyone in society can have a look at how a story is being presented. And mainstream media doesn't often use inflammatory language, like you know a headline that says "Did you see what the president said yesterday?" You know, inflammatory mm-hmm. language is a that's an alarm right there. You know, if the Winnipeg Free Press had a headline, it would say something like. Trump states he will be going to Washington. You know, it won't be, you know, did you hear how Trump is going to Washington? It wouldn't be that way. So you can watch for that sort of language when when mainstream media reports things. They tend to use factual, um, emotionless type language to try to get um, readers to understand what the facts are because that's the important part.
0: And there are, but at the same time, there are some outlets uh, that are of some repute that like, that's the sort of language and like jargon that they use and that tone of voice so they can connect with with readers which i suppose leads into like like how like they are trying to get media outlets to be like of repute and that they can make money and they're as they're trying to make money then they're trying to be a little bit more uh laissez-faire with their language something like buzzfeed for instance who will say like omg click on this and see what you think Right. Things like that. That's a whole other layer, I guess, of that's this puzzle.
3: That's actually a good um, uh, point that you brought up there because re- the the issue that Trump was upset about prior to the, uh, just prior, well, just at his first um, press conference was because some documents that were released, um, Buzzfeed um, released all of them, but CNN, which is considered the mainstream media, didn't actually release the documents. They Release the information that they had them, which is completely different than actually releasing the information. And the other media have done that too locally, where if media gets something, y- you might write a story saying that you have some information without revealing what it is exactly until you can look into it. There's a lot of competition out there in the media too and that's where sometimes you'll see mainstream media perhaps make make a mistake. In this case they didn't because CNN did the right thing. They didn't release the information because they couldn't um, verify it. Whereas another media outlet BuzzFeed did and they just put it straight out there. So that's different difficult for mainstream media to compete with because you're trying to do the responsible thing and not release that information and then at a press conference you get lumped in with the whole um, you know, downside of the media business, anyways. So the best thing that mainstream media can do right now, I think, is stick to its is, is really s- stick to its rules, stick to its ethics, and that's what we're trying to do with Free Press as well. Um makes it difficult to compete, that's for sure, because you're going to get people that are buying memberships on some of these websites where, you know, there's these inflammatory stories that are maybe speaking to them in, in language, um, using words and ways that they really identify with, whereas what we're supposed to be doing in mainstream media is trying to identify with everyone and not just choosing segments of the society. So it, it's good that you brought that up because the fact that, you know, that, that's an opportunity for people to make a choice as to where they're going to get their news from.
0: Absolutely. And I think, well, there's another like if if we're getting news from our social media feeds, then oftentimes what happens is uh, because of the algorithms that are in place with social media, we get suggestions for the media outlets that we want to see or that will agree with our uh, that will agree with our points of view. If I went and liked Fox News, for instance, which i did for a time because i was trying to get a a period of uh, like a sense of what everybody else was saying uh then they would automatically suggest oh well you might like to read the economist you might want to read the rebel or like things of things of that nature um how can i guess like is this is this something you have to fight with on it on a on a daily basis as well to try and get that information out there to appeal like the free press is a pretty middle of the road paper is that something that we have to that you guys have to continue to fight through uh in order to get your message out,
3: that for sure is it's a, it's almost a daily battle I think because when you're trying to say to people, well, we are producing this product, wh- pay for our product, buy our product, and mm-hmm. people want to know, well, why? Why should I? So that's where the quality of journalism comes in. That you know that that perhaps is the biggest battle we're fighting. And mm-hmm. in, in addition to getting people to want to purchase the professional product, is to. Um, convince people that the quality of what we're putting out is is better than what you'll get on some of the less mainst- the, the, the the media streams that aren't mainstream and sometimes people don't care Some pi- sometimes people are just like you know what I don't care what the quality is I just want to read what's going on it doesn't bother me so you'll see a, a place like the Free Press where we try to put out um, investigative journalism pieces on the weekend we have um, a lot of uh, sections of the paper where um, investigative pieces are the main focus to try to g- give people a little bit more than you're just quick news hits years ago we called them news mcnuggets because they were just quick hit (laughs) stories that were you know maybe three or four paragraphs that just gave you the meat and potatoes and so we've gravitated away from that a little bit now Feeling that newspaper's survival may be by giving people a little bit more for their money rather than just you know short quick hits that they can get. You know, my 14-year-old daughter um, gets her news from from Twitter quite a bit, and I'm always saying to her, she'll say, "Mommy, did you hear what just happened in you know South Africa?" And I'll say, "Well, where did that come from?" "Well, I saw it on Twitter. I know you saw it on Twitter, but where did it come from just before that?" So that's what I try to c- do in my own home is convince my daughter to look a little further than just what's in front of her and see where that came from just. Before somebody shared it on Twitter forty-five times.
0: Absolutely. How are you approaching reporting now in this quote-unquote post-fact era? Uh, <laughs> are there like are there new techniques that uh, that you've had to adopt since like all of this has sort of started to come to a head as a, as a part of this maybe this new dynamic between government and
3: press or anything like that. You know, I'm going to, s- no one's asked me that. That's a good question. I'm, but I'm going to say no, because our job hasn't changed in the I, ex- except that the competition is changing. So now instead of, you know, just standing at the top of the hill and shouting, we're telling you the truth. Now, right. you know, you've got a lot, a lot of people kind of, crowding you on the hill saying, well, so are we. And, and so the, the whole idea is that, you know, we're going to supply, we being mainstream media, not just the free press, but, you know, I feel like I can represent all mainstream media here. We are going to represent what is the facts. And, you know, the truth The truth is basically how, I I suppose, how people view the facts that they're presented. Because you can give someone what you believe is the truth and the facts, and they may still not believe it. So the idea is to back those facts up. And that's always been our job. Always been the job of the mainstream media is present information, present facts, and back it up with information, do our research, it, interview people who are in positions of authority who know what they're talking about and bring these things forth and And double-check facts. We don't just take the first source and put it in the paper. We'll double-check facts. We'll look in, in a couple of different places to make sure these are the case and hope that and all we can really do is hope that people appreciate that because over time, uh, a mainstream media that's been around for a long time has proven itself over time to be reliable and the free press has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and so have some of the other mainstream media.
0: We're starting to see some of these uh, Trumpian communication policies creeping into a Canadian uh, political rhetoric as well. I've, I've heard it from a couple of, of conservative candidates uh, for their for the party's leadership race that we're getting to throw this term around, fake news. Uh, organizations like, I mean, rebel this is what i mentioned before they're a fantastic example they're putting out like all kinds of things twisting twisting facts to sort of fit some sort of uh, an activist journalism sort of uh, a vibe like these are words i never thought i would say mm-hmm. so it's it's b- very alien for me to tra- say them now is fake news something like we we've, we've been talking a lot about american examples is this something we have to watch out for in terms of canadian news canadian stories has this already started to happen
3: I think it is something that we're gonna have to watch out for because it can happen anywhere we're hearing about it more in the US just because of Trump and because mm-hmm. of all the you know rhetoric behind you know some of his um, platforms but I think it is something that we're going to have to watch out for we haven't been confronted with it as much yet but I think t- to have the basic understanding like we talked about before you know just what is fake news fake news is not news that you don't agree with fake news is made up you know, if I say I saw the Loch Ness Monster in the Red River, uh, you know, that's fake news. You know, the free press wouldn't report that because if someone said that, we would um, call the city. We would send a reporter and a photographer down there to see. We would try to w- interview witnesses. We would not just report with a, you know, bold face headline, Loch Ness Monster in Red River our idea would be that we would do the research for that and there is going to be some um, of these types of things um, servicing if they haven't already I haven't seen them locally but I'm you know I'm not uh, there's lots of people who are who are bloggers out there that have um, you know great blogs there's also some people who have blogs out there that you know aren't so great and are are purporting um, points of view that are not factual so it it goes back to check your sources and as you mentioned before, Nolan, it is a lot of work. You, know, you never thought that it would be hard work to keep up with the news, but it really is. And, and part of your responsibility, I guess, as a news, news consumer is to make sure that you find a news outlet that you can trust or a couple of them and, and, and look at them. Some of, the, some of the less mainstream ones, I never look at them. Like I, I, I wouldn't have looked at Buzzfeed at all except for you know just recently when this came out I looked at it to say what is that you know um, mm-hmm. TMZ I never look at TMZ but they were the ones that put out the video just this past week that you probably heard about yeah. about the dog being dunked in the water during the filming of of the movie here A dog's purpose mm-hmm. so they put out that whole video now if that video had come to us we wouldn't have just put it out with a, um, a statement saying dog dunked in water you know fights for life we would do a bit of research first, because now we're starting to hear that there may be some other sides to that, um, to that story that weren't originally reported. You know, we reported on, you know, the, what the video showed, and we re- tried to use language saying it appears that mm-hmm. it shows that, and we contacted PETA ourselves, and we contacted the studio ourselves. So even though we're just Winnipeg, and this happened, you know, with a main Hollywood studio, we did our due diligence by looking into it and getting comments from both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Thank Ashley. You.
3: Well, thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Ashley Pressed is a journalist with the Winnipeg Free Press, also the instructor of journalism classes here at CMU. There you go. Now you know how to spot fake news in your news feeds. Does, do you ever see those headlines ever? Yeah, definitely. What's the craziest one that you've seen?
1: Oh, boy. I don't know. I mean, before this, like... I have known about fake news, but not a lot. And so this was actually really uh, enlightening for me, too. So I'm sure I've seen things that I didn't even realize that I was seeing before, you know? It's
0: true. Uh, One of the craziest ones that I saw uh, somewhere in the election time was uh, this thing called Pizzagate, (laughs) which is, uh, it sounds dumb, but it actually got blown way out of proportion. So what happened was that uh, uh, an, uh, an outlet put out this story that said that there was this pizza uh, what was it some pizza place somewhere in the middle of the united states it might have been in like kentucky or something i don't know um but anyway the pizza yeah it was it was a debunked conspiracy theory based on uh the hacking uh into these uh emails to the emails of uh kelly clinton's campaign manager uh which sort of linked which like mentioned vaguely some pizza joint in um oh where was it man why can't i remember where this was so, yeah and then they thought that there was some sort of like a, a child like a child trafficking like a child sex trafficking ring that was taking place out of this pizza joint somewhere in the middle of the United States where like nobody actually goes to it was a, like it was in the DC area but it wasn't actually in DC um, which resulted in some random guy grabbing a gun and going to this restaurant. And firing a whole bunch of shots, saying he was here there to investigate this story of these children that were being held prisoner at this <laughs> pizza joint.
1: Oh, my goodness. Which of
0: And nobody was hurt, thank goodness. But, like, this is, like, that was the craziest thing that I had, I had seen in terms of fake news.
1: That is really crazy. Things can just get so out of hand.
0: Let's just play a song, shall we? What have we got for local songs as we begin from our Wittenberg Live segment?
1: Yeah, coming from our Christmas coffee house this week is Erin Deaton with her own mashup of two songs— I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by you 2 and Stand By Me by Ben King. H- yep. Here's Aaron.
0: Right on.
4: I have climbed
0: Good ol' Aaron Deaton with good ol' you 2 and even good, even older Benny King.
1: <laughs> what a great mashup. Thanks, Aaron.
0: What have we got coming up this week in CMU Sports? Well, first of all, let's tell you about what happened over the weekend in CMU Sports, shall we? Uh, on Friday, our men's and women's basketball teams were in action at uh, Red against Red River uh, one game was at Red River the other game was here at CMU on the women's side our women's basketball team took out two victories uh, one was a 66-55 other well, was 71-52 uh, on the men's side men also took two victories against Red River and that was 96-75 and 88-74 So well done to our men's and women's basketball teams. They will be in action this weekend on the road in North Dakota against the Turtle Mountain Mighty Mykonocs. If you can tell me what a Mykonoc is, I would be very (laughs) much appreciative of that. Over to our futsal teams. They were also in action this weekend. Our men's team fell just short against Red River uh, 2-1. However, our women took a 3-2. Didn't they take a 3-2 victory? Is that right? I'm never sure how this thing is actually formatted here. <laughs> in any case, they're back in action this weekend against the uh, Brandon Bobcats and uh, the Eston College Coors here at our own campus uh, on the women's side, men's side, same deal. So go cheer out your Blazers uh, at the low in this weekend as they uh, take on futsal. So on Friday this week uh, in men's and women's volleyball, they will be uh, here on campus at the at the low end taking on the red river rebels uh game time there for the men is at seven thirty, and uh for the women uh game time there's at six they're also on the road this weekend to take on uh the university of st boniface and la- earlier on this weekend uh they took a uh, couple of major victories on uh friday they played the assiniboine cougars at the low end here and they took uh both games friday and saturday against uh against the uh, the City Women College Cougars and men and women both did. So, right? go? There we go. We're taking on uh we're taking on some victories here as we headed to playoff February, which mm-hmm. is really great. A reminder, fan of the month is still on for this month, so bring out your uh, team spirit and win uh, and get some prizes.
1: Nice. Uh some other things going on this week. Um uh, this Thursday at lunchtime, so at 12 o'clock, um, is the safe and healthy community conversation series uh, part two so this time we're looking at uh, healthy use of alcohol um, so that will be held in the conf- conference room on Southside um, and all CMU students should really attend it, it will be a great conversation and super important to talk about um, another thing is a tie-dye night which sounds super fun uh, that's next Tuesday uh, january 31st held, held by the uh, arts and entertainment committee um and you can sign up around campus if you want a free shirt or you can bring your own stuff to tie-dye and it begins at 7 p.m in the chapel uh, i think that's it
0: right on apparently i'm just getting all the sports scores wrong according to all the information i'm getting so we're gonna figure out how to read this thing actually for real next week <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but Until then you can subscribe on iTunes The podcatcher of your choice We are online at Wittenbergradio.com Go check us out as well on Facebook and Twitter At Wittenberg Radio. And as always email us uh, comments, questions And listener concerns at Wittenbergradio at gmail.com Until next week My name is Nolan Kaler
1: And I'm Nickley class and me.
0: Catch you then
2: radio is a production of cmu student council the views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of cmu student council